Hi, friends. Welcome back to With Great People, the podcast for high-performance teams. I'm Richard Kasparowski. This episode is an interview with Caitlin Walker. Caitlin is a specialist in creating the conditions for groups to collaborate, which is her modest way of saying that she is the world's leading expert on clean language and systemic modeling. As Caitlin says during our conversation, a really good team is rare. If you're in one, celebrate it. They're really precious. An exceptional team is such an amazing experience to be in. So don't be so busy that you let it pass you by. Life and work don't get any better than this. You can email Caitlin at caitlin at trainingattention.co.uk and you can find her on LinkedIn. To support this podcast, sign up for my newsletter at kasparowski.com. Thanks for listening. Our special guest today is Caitlin Walker. Welcome to the show, Caitlin. How are you? Oh, great, Richard. Thank you. Caitlin, can you uh, introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. So my name is Caitlin Walker. I am a specialist in creating the conditions for groups to collaborate. And the tools I use are clean language and systemic modeling. I'm talking to you from Liverpool, where I'm in the middle of a big storm. Um, And yeah, I'm really excited to be here with you. Wonderful. All right. Um, So I actually want to hear a little bit more about clean language and systemic modeling. Give us a brief intro to that. So let me talk about clean first. So the clean in clean language means uh, without assumptions. Mm-hmm. So as much as possible, a clean question directs the person that you're interviewing. It directs their attention to what they were thinking or their own experience, and it asks them to extend it. So for example, somebody comes, if a colleague comes up to you and says, I'm really stuck, you'd say, what kind of stuck? Mm-hmm. Or you're stuck like what? And what they do is the questions just extend their information just a little bit, but they don't put your ideas in. It's not that you can't at all, but you ask a few clean questions, make sure you know what you're dealing with, and then then you can have a conversation about it. All right. That's very different from uh, the style of conversation that I grew up with, even as as I matured into an adult at work would be like, okay, what are you stuck on? I'll help you get unstuck. Yeah. So it just stops you making those really quick assumptions, that tenth of a second. Yeah. Um, And it... Yeah, it, it creates this very, very small listening space between you and the other person. All right. Um, I, I got really interested in it because I noticed a lot of miscommunication, a lot of wasted time and effort was simply because as you watch the communication, they didn't listen to each other. They didn't ask a question. They're arguing furiously about the same point, mm-hmm. you know, because they haven't actually paid attention. So that's clean. Right. Okay. And then systemic modeling is if you teach a few individuals in a group to do this, they can model themselves and one another simultaneously. Now, model in this case is where, as it's not an ordinary conversation, it's where you're trying to get the model structure of what's being communicated to you. Uh-huh. So systemic modeling is where each of you is doing that just a little bit in a group setting. So A, it reduces um, contempt, it reduces miscommunication, but B, in the paying attention to oneself, one another and yourself, you create an incredible reflective learning space. So the group can become incredibly creative and responsive um, to what's happening around them. And much they're not hijacked by the chemicals that go with miscommunication with, yeah. yeah? So they're, they're freer to think with systemic okay. modeling. Wonderful. Yeah, and I, it's interesting the way you talk about uh, being hijacked by, by sort of the chemicals that shoot through your body into your brain and sort of cause you to behave in interesting, yeah. maybe weird, maybe counterproductive ways. Yeah, that limit and also that 
so the, the big thing about drama in, in a workplace is the minute you're hijacked, we all know this, the minute we've decided we don't like someone, everything mm-hmm. they do gets filtered through a narrow, um, a, a narrower, narrower container where we go, yeah, that person is a negative person or this person is a saboteur or you hear something you think you disagree with and you don't hear anything for the next five minutes because you're waiting to argue. Yeah. And so it really narrows the intelligence and limits the intelligence of each individual, but also at a group level. And yeah. so, you know, particularly any organization that wants collaborative workers, it's a good idea to reduce your drama. And you can do that by increasing your attention through, through mm-hmm. some questions. All right. So, Caitlin, this is the podcast about high-performance teams. And I've got a question that I like to ask uh, when we have guests on the show. The question goes like this. What is your best team ever? Are you looking for a team I've been in or a team I've noticed? Thinking about a team you've been part of. Okay. It It could be any sort of team, any group of two or more people that you've ever been a part of. So... For me, an ideal team is generally two. I like myself and one other. Yeah, all right. And it's, I know, I know this, you, you think for somebody who spent the whole life creating the conditions for other teams to work, I don't work well with too many people around me. Okay. Um, and so if I think about the best team ever, they're, they're slightly different for different ones. So my best facilitating team was myself and a guy called Patrick Weeks. Right. And what's amazing about that team is we were – we were better together than I could ever have imagined. Mm-hmm. So he was everything that I'm not. He was, <laughs> he was there. I mean, then I'm very wordy. I'm very good at detecting patterns. Patrick was really, really solid. He was extraordinarily good at getting the temperature of a group, of coming in with a, with a lighthearted joke, whereas I'm incredibly intellectual and I could count who's doing what in the group and I could get everything very accurate. Mm-hmm. And so together we were, we were like a dream team and we okay. were also very funny and very confident and professional trust with each other. But we were, as a, together, we were, as a whole, we could manage almost any group you put us in front of. Didn't matter whether they were violent or high ego. Each of us balanced each other out. Uh-huh. And we didn't step on each other's toes. So that's, so that's facilitating. But it, if I was going to be doing writing a book, it'd be Marion Way. Right. So, and it's, but it's always similar. So when I think about it, it's high professional respect, trust, and that they're not competing with me for my space. So I get to be as get to be me and my capacity to the nth degree, and their stuff boosts it up, and then my stuff boosts their stuff up. So we're yeah, together we're really high performing, but we're not stepping on each other's toes and we're not eat, eating each other's limelight. Did you eat limelight? <laughs> but too many than that, because I think if you think my job is to pay attention, really high attention to other people's teams, I don't want too many people in my own. Yeah. Yeah. That's so for projects, I like it to maybe three at the most, but that third person, I like them to be somebody who's just supporting us. I wouldn't want to have to pay attention to more than one person and All the right. group I'm working with. All right. Let's um, sort of bring you back into one of those teams, maybe you and Patrick, maybe you and Marion. When you bring yourself into one of those teams, and yeah, totally cool that it's two people. Uh, Most people think of a team as a larger group than that. When I define team and I'm talking to people about teams, I I actually define it as a group of two or more people aligned with a common goal. 
So perfect. Um, if you bring yourself back to one of those duos, one of those two-person teams, and like re-experience it, sort of feel the sensations in your body, maybe even close your eyes as you re-experience it. Is there a single word that you could use to summarize the sensation of being part of that team? Uh, flying. Flying. Oh. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's a you can soar because you know they'll catch you. You can soar you know? because you know they'll catch you. And they can soar because, and you've always got their back. Uh-huh. No matter what I did, I knew he would be there for me. And no matter what he did, I knew I'd be there for him. It's, right. yeah. It's, um, it's absolutely about both had really high standards in our own field. Yeah. You know, he had his and I had mine. We just admired one another's, but we didn't, yeah, but it's flying. Flying's the, the word for it. I love that. And I, and I know whenever I'm talking to clean language or systemic modeling friends, I start to get really self-aware and anxious about asking the right follow-up <laughs> questions. <laughs> Making sure you don't printed, add in your own stuff. You <laughs> should have printed the list of follow-up questions. <laughs> what else about flying? Well, in, interesting, flying. <laughs> interestingly, because I didn't know that these were the questions you were going to ask, but we've just had a systemic modeling training last week, a uh -huh. really good international one. And we were modeling an ideal collaboration for you is like what? And so I know mm. the answer to these questions because I just had it modeled. Yeah. And for some people, it's, it's about trust. And for others, it's about fun. Yep. For me, it's about absolute surety that somebody is 100%, like in a 100% appreciative audience for me. Yeah. And therefore, our egos, I'm not worried at all about him. I'm not anxious. All my attention is on the job or the project. There's no worry about each of us. Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah. There's trust. You know that he'll catch you, you'll catch him as you're soaring. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're not anxious. There's no worry. There's, there's like mutual, mutual high professionalism, mutual expertise. And that's, uh, that's exactly the same with Marion. So if I'm writing a book mm. with Marion Way, it's just the same thing. I would never challenge, like if she challenged me about uh, the way that the book was coming together, I yeah. would yield to her because I trust her. Right. If I challenge her about the content, she would yield to me. So, you know, like if you watch really brilliant dancers, yeah, they don't, they don't have to negotiate. Right. They just are both doing their thing and they just are there to support one another. Right. Right. And it's like sometimes one is the leader, sometimes the other is the leader yeah. in a good, in a good dance team like that. Absolutely. Although yeah. it doesn't, as I said, it feels like flying, not like maybe like more like a trapeze, I guess. Oh, yeah. Like okay. flying, that kind of flying. Yeah. Yeah. And right. because we were dazzling, it was dazzling to other people. Um, to, to watch us, I know, I know it was. We had an amazing audience, and then I guess because we would, we would often go into groups that were high conflict and yeah. high fear, because most companies don't bring in an expensive consultant because they're all doing fine. Yeah, right. They generally, bring you in because something's going wrong, and so Pat and I were hugely diverse, and not just because he's black and I'm white and he's male and I'm female, but because our internal worlds were a hundred percent different from each other everything uh -huh. he liked i hated everything i liked he hated <laughs> do you know 
but yeah. we would use our diversity and our okayness with it mm-hmm. as we would stand for the possibility of what this group could do with these tools. Right. You know, so we were a lovely expression of what we were teaching. Right. And did you and Pat ever have conflict? Oh, yeah, we'd yeah. have huge conflicts. Um, but we used the stuff to manage yeah. them. Yeah. Um, and in fact, I remember at one, we were at a, running a big conference, Trade Union Congress, and um, we disagreed about something. And so we'd gone off to argue it through. And we could have really high, passionate arguments. But what we didn't realize was that we were still being recorded. We still had- <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I was furious with him, and he was quite furious as well. But it was my stuff, so I knew he'd yield to me. It wasn't live in front of the client, we thought. Um, <laughs> and then when we, 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 we sorted it out, we agreed what we were going to do, we came back on, and we were the dream team again. And then afterwards, they called us and said, you know, that was really interesting. We, you know, Obviously, we're not going to broadcast it, but we've got this 20 minutes of you being really furious with each other. Yeah. And it was amazing to us that you used the tools. So we asked each other, what's happening for you? What's happening for me? What would we mm-hmm. like to have happen? What's our highest value? What are we here for? We used it to settle ourselves down and get a and get a fresh path. And actually, that then sold us to the to the, that company. Actually, of lots of my my next uh, two years worth of work came from the people who listened to that. They were like, "We want to be able to do that." <laughs> Incredible. So yeah, but it, it was it was a lucky. It's lucky that it didn't just turn it into a punch up. It was, <laughs> it was an lucky. example. Could could be your best promotional video ever. The twenty minutes of <laughs> of, of rowing. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm sort of geeky. I like to I like to measure things or have metrics on things, even if it's subjective. Um, for for that duo, you and Pat. Do you have any, you know, what, what sort of opinions or feelings do you have that, that can, that, that give you a clue? You just told me a story about something that gives, gives us a clue about what a great team it was. Do you have anything else that's either subjective or objective? Any like hard metrics and anything else that's about feelings or observations? Anything subjective or objective about, about that, that somebody else could observe about what you were doing together and, and, and how it was such a great team? It was congruent with what we were doing. So what mm-hmm. we were talking about, we demonstrated mm. almost without fail. And even when we didn't, so even when we were incongruent, so supposing Pat started to become contemptuous of somebody that we were working with, I would say, let me just pause a minute. Shall I tell you what I'm noticing? Yeah. You know, Richard said this, and Pat, do you know what? He doesn't look like he's interested. He looks like he's in contempt. Uh-huh. And Pat would know, he would know that I noticed and he would know that I was going to be okay with him not being okay. Right. Or if I said, you know, okay, go in and um, work on this for 15 minutes, but then I wander off and make myself a cup of tea, Pat would call me on it in front of the group and say, do you know what, Caitlin said 15 minutes and I noticed she's about to walk out the room. Yeah. So I'm not sure what kind of a 15 minutes this is. <laughs> so but he wasn't doing it to shame me mm-hmm. and I wasn't doing it to shame him. So people would see that actually it's okay to call people out when they're not doing what they said they would do. Yeah. It's actually okay to fail here. We can, we can get called out. We can bring it to attention and 
it doesn't have to turn into a conflict. It doesn't have to be humiliating. And so that's the metric that you would see is that we were an example of what we wanted people to be. We were an example. Um, an example of what you wanted people to be. Uh, we, uh, yeah, of, what we, of, the, of the tools that we were bringing to the group, we were a living example, actually of how hard it could be as well. So when you're working with somebody, like he likes everything done in order. He likes there to be an agenda and you have to finish agenda point one before you're allowed to go on agenda point two. My agenda looks like a spider's web. And I want to be able to go from agenda point seven to agenda point 10 because, oh, look, they're linked. Yeah. And that would make him furious with me. <laughs> and so we would, we would use that difference with us, between us, to then talk to the group. And he'd be like, hey, how many of you know that it's best to do agendas in order? And he'd get half the hands. And I'd say, how many of you know it's best like a spider web? And I'd get half the other half of hands. And he goes, he'd say, it's really hard. She really frustrates me. Yeah because she keeps doing this, he said, but what she can do that I can't do is X. And similarly, I go around and say, but what he can do, what I can't do is Y. Mm -hmm. And it's that, so that it's the congruence. We, we were doing what the project needed us to do. And I think that is a dream team. Um, it doesn't have to be easy, but it does have to be, for my mind, it has to be exceptional given the purpose of what we're together for. Yeah. Yeah, I love the way that sounds. And I'm sort of, uh, you know, that, as you know, everybody, everybody listening is sort of filtering the words that they're hearing from you and from me. And I'm filtering the words I'm hearing from you through my recent experiences. And I'm like, yeah, this is exactly what I'm doing with the client I'm working with right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we're trying to, we're, we're doing this, some, some agile software stuff. And we're trying to, I'm trying to model for them agile software at its best we're, we're spinning up sort of an executive team in the company and we're trying to trying to get this executive team to model good agile teaming for the rest of the company yes you, 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 really hard and you're trying to demonstrate that it works yeah we're not trying but you will be demonstrating the the value of it through your behaviors yeah exactly yeah. And through the results that your behaviors achieve. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm, it. I'm trying to model it to them. I'm trying to get them to model it to everybody else. It, it really is challenging to, to sort of live the stuff that you hope your clients will do. Yes. Yeah. Now, what are, what are some of the other, you, you've mentioned a couple of concrete behaviors uh, that you, you and Pat engaged in together, uh, like, like noticing uh, each other's behavior and, and kind of calling each other out when something didn't seem congruent. What were some other concrete behaviors that you engaged we, in together? Every, every morning or every, before any going live, we'd have, even if it was two minutes, we'd have a setup. So you set your mm -hmm. intention. Mm -hmm. um, we use it really swiftly. We'd like this project to be like what? You'd like to be like what? What do you need from me? What support do you need? Right. Like so very, very small intention. So that if there were any incongruencies in that moment, we could sort them out before we went live. So that's, you know, we could do that for a bigger thing as well. So if we were going to set a project, we would have, you have to, an amount of time suitable to whatever the size of the project is. So if it's a two hour meeting, it might be a two minute setup. But if it was a two week yeah. meeting, it might be, a, you know, a couple of hours. Yeah. Um, but we've set our intention for the overall, for ourselves and for, um, the support we needed from each other. And then every single time that we finished, we would have time set aside for, for what went well, what didn't go so well, what would we do differently next time? Yep. And those 
and then set ourselves a developmental task as a result of that reflection. Mm-hmm. So that's that happened without without fail, um, which meant that we our learning spiraled. It was yeah. a because even when things went wrong, that was great because we would learn more from them. And also, whenever they went wrong, they gave us stories to tell about how it had gone wrong. Right. You know, so we, we amassed, because we reflected on it, because we didn't hide what had happened, it, A, it either provided great learning or it provided a great story and was very funny, um, or it, just, it was just us learning how to do something better. So we, no matter what happened, I'll, t- I'll tell you what it is. It was anti-fragile. Those those processes made us an anti-fragile pair. Yeah. Because if it went wrong, it went right. If it went right, it went right. Yeah. There was nothing bad was going to happen to us. Yeah. You're always finding things to, to, to well, I'll, I'll, I'll add my own words. You're always finding things to amplify out of the experience, whether it was yeah. good or corrective from something that went wrong. Absolutely. Amplifying is good. It is, it's a word I use about it as well. We take it, amplify it, and then go, okay, what have yeah. we got here? What can we yeah. do from this? And if it's something to move away from, that's great. If it's something to move towards, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So always, always improving. Absolutely. Um, any other concrete behaviors? Yeah. Um, so there's a setup. So another concrete behavior was that when things did go wrong, mm-hmm. was that we, un- we unpacked our pattern. So for example, I'm often late for things. Mm-hmm. I'm quite last minute. Pat was always so early, it made me feel sick. <laughs> Because you'd have to wait, and I hate wasted time. Right. So instead of just going, oh, well, he's like that and I'm like this, we would create models of our experience. So we'd say, you know, so when you're late for everything, what happens just before you're late? And I said, well, you know, I, I look at time, and then I think, well, I can fit one more thing in there. And he'd, you know, so when you look at time, does it have a size or a shape? So he'd get a clear model of my model for time. Yeah. And then we'd swap and I'd get one for him. So for you, time's like what? And I'd realize mine's uh, like a, a moving like a suitcase that you've got to keep as full as possible. <laughs> and his is much more of a rhythm. So he has time is on and time is off. And he yeah. needs to build up to things. He does the thing and then he needs to come down from things. And so for him, he can't go from a standing start to being brilliant in front of the group. Mm-hmm. He needs to arrive, he needs to see the venue, he needs to scope it out, he needs to have a nice cup of coffee. Yeah. So all the stuff which I think is a waste of time. So, so the concrete behavior was that when, we, when there was diversity, when there were big differences, we would get interested, we'd get curious about it, we'd yeah. build a model. I'm not trying to become him and he's not trying to become me, but we understand where we're coming from. So then it's a very short distance for him to say, well, I'd like to get there an hour before we start. What, what can I bring to make the hour useful for you so that it's not wasted time for you? Or I'd go, um, I know I'm going to make one more phone call just before we start with this client. Um, how about you go for your coffee and I'll go and stand outside with this. Will right. that be okay for you? Just the little tiny adjustments because we understood the way our systems work. Yeah. So creating models of our of our diversity so that, so that we made sense to each other. All right. And we did that regularly, maybe, maybe once every two weeks, we would spend a little bit of just development time, deep development time. Okay. 
And again, that's true. If I think about Marion Way, that's true for Marion and I. We do that. Um, we, yeah, we always do a setup and feedback. We do deep development time. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> so, yeah, reflection in the moment and deep development time. Those, those are really key when I think about it to all the dream teams I've been with. All right. So setup time, reflection time, and, and, and the, the, the deep modeling. Yes. And, and yeah. you know, we, we operate in very similar and different sorts of specialty areas. Mm -hmm. If I put different vocab, different jargon words on it, this is exactly the same thing that we do with agile software teams. Right. We work in these short iterations. We always start with some, some setup for the two-week tiny project. We reflect at the end. Uh, we don't necessarily call it modeling, but we're, we're, we're looking for things to improve every time. Yeah. I think when I, when I was first introduced to Agile as a, as a movement mm -hmm. or as a, a, um, an approach, I was like, oh, okay. That makes yeah. complete, complete sense. Yeah. yeah, I'm doing the uh, same thing listening to you. Yeah. It was like, oh, yeah. And, of course, my, my stuff's funny because it, it didn't start in, although it's, you know, I work mainly in the corporate world now, mm -hmm. it didn't start there. I started as a youth worker, and mm -hmm. I was developing a process to work with not necessarily gangs against each other, but certainly the, the kind of kids who would, who would end up in gangs if we hadn't done what we were doing. Yeah. Um, and my, what I was developing was a way for them to pay attention to themselves and one another in mm -hmm. a non-judgmental, curious way to spot their own prejudices and their own contempt and then switch that into curiosity and see what happened. And what happened was that we very quickly went from these angry, diverse teams of groups of kids who hated each other, groups of individuals to quite a strong, high functioning team. Yeah. And, you know, unless somebody had spotted me and said, this stuff you do with these teenagers, can it work in business? I probably just would have stayed where I was. Yeah. Um, but if, of course, if, of course it works in business. Businesses are just, grown-up kids <laughs> street gangs and office buildings <laughs> absolutely Ar armed with you know things that cut just as violently as a knife <laughs> yeah. oh what a, what a funny way to look at it what an interesting yes. way to look at it street gangs and office buildings <laughs> it is you know you all know what it's like when there's a bully in the office everybody's yeah. creativity goes down yeah or if there's two leaders arguing with one another if there's issues Again, everybody's creativity goes down because you switch brain states from your yep. kind of neocortex being at your best, being at your most creative and your most dynamic. You switch into your mammalian, okay, what's going on around here? Is this safe? Yeah. Is this not safe? If I talk to you, will you tell somebody else? Do you know, it's, yeah, right. and it, that takes up so much of your brain activity. Um, so in that sense, what I was doing with the teenagers, which was to settle their brains and then get them on a high-functioning state, mm -hmm. Of course, that's what we want to do in businesses. That's, that's, where your, that's where your productivity suddenly increases. And of course, it's what we'd want to do outside of business as well. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's great that you started there. And yeah. And we still spend at least 50% of our time as a company. We spend 50% of our time still out on the streets. Yeah. And so if you work for me, you have to go and be comfortable in a board and you have to be comfortable with teenagers. Yeah. It's a... We do that to help our trainers get to become high high functioning, to yeah. get out of their comfort zones. Yeah, yeah, I really admire the work that you do, and that you you you're not strictly in the business world like that. Yeah, and also it's great fun. 
Of you course. <laughs> that they, and that they're hilarious. And then you learn, you, you know, you don't feel so embarrassed because you, you know what the, the latest slang terms are. You don't oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you look really cool when you're in the boardroom. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, how about some advice for our listeners? What can they do to reproduce some of the success that you've experienced with your best teams? So the first thing is to be really clear about what you're good at mm-hmm. and really clear about what doesn't float your boat. Mm-hmm. Um, what, is, what are you just not motivated to excel at? And then find somebody else to work with who will do that stuff for you. Yeah. Um, I mean, not even for you, but somebody who loves that stuff. Yeah. So the, the first thing is that level of self-awareness and then make sure that you make models of other people you're going to work with so you can check, is this, is this a good fit? Are we going to, is this person going to compete for my limelight? And then, you know, because somebody who might seem really great and really dazzling, actually you might find that they're too like you. Or, you know, if you're a sort of a backseat back person, yeah. You probably don't want another backseat person with you because otherwise together you're a bit dull. Yeah. So kind of know, know yourself is the first thing. Second, okay. thing is get yourself, you know, like you have in Agile, get yourself some habits and make them a rule. All right. Yeah, make, make good habits compulsory. All right. Um, makes a huge difference because then you don't forget about it. It's just the way we do things. You know, you get up, you get up in the morning, you brush your teeth. It's just the way we do things around here. It's like you start a project, you make sure you do a setup. You make sure there's space for reflection and you make it okay to fail. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you put those rules in, and we have another rule actually. In fact, this is probably what I didn't tell you about, but it's really, really important. There is nothing that I'm going to say about you that I wouldn't say to your face. Right. So in our company, it's absolute rule. And so if, I want, if you've really annoyed me and I'm so angry I can't talk to you, but maybe I'm going to go and talk to Marion about you, Yes. She'll listen. She'll let me power bitch and calm down. But then she'll say, how can I support you to give him that feedback? Mm-hmm. So I think that's another thing in a, in a high-performing team is that you don't let things fester. Yeah. So you have yeah, some, some mechanism to respectfully say what's – if you get into drama with people, respectfully say what's going on for you. Right. Don't let things fester. Respectfully say what's going on with you. Yeah. yeah. I think that, that just means giving some space. So if I go, I can yeah. have, Rich, I'm so annoyed with you because you did this, but that we recognize that my being annoyed and you doing X are not, it's not that one X causes Y. Yeah. But you may or may not have been doing what I imagined you were doing. And you have a perfect right to do to be who you are. So it's like, it's enough space that me being annoyed doesn't mean you're a bad person. Right. Yeah, or me being annoyed doesn't mean I'm a bad person. It just means for some reason at this point, our behaviors and our patterns have clashed. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, get, get, yourself, so get, get yourself some rules that keep, keep you in an I'm okay, you're okay position. All right, get yourself some rules that keep you both okay, I'm okay, you're okay. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add? They're rare, in my experience. A really good team is rare. All right. A really good team and is rare. if you're in one, I'd celebrate it. Ah. You know, they're really precious. You know, an exceptional team is such an amazing experience to be in. So don't let it, 
don't be so busy that you let it pass you by. Actually stop for a minute and go, do you know what? This is great. Life doesn't, life and work don't get much better than this. Yeah. You know, this is just, I think it's Kurt Vonnegut, the, um, the writer, he, he said his, I think his grandfather had the same way, just go, yep, this is it. Life doesn't get much better than this right now. It's, <laughs> it's happening right now. And just, yeah, take, taking a moment to, to really appreciate what you've got. Yeah. I love that. That's beautiful. And I, it's like I, one of my best teams ever, maybe my best team ever is my wife, Molly, and me. It's, it's a duo. So kind of like you're talking about, I'm, I'm great in, in small teams. And I uh, can't wait until she gets home today. And I can, I can share this conversation with her and be like, yeah, we have, we have something really great here. Let's celebrate it. Like, yeah, let's just, just be in it and go, aren't we lucky? Yeah. How lucky we are to have found each other, to find somebody that makes me look better than I, or be better than yeah. I could be on my own. Yeah. It's a very precious thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm feeling this like, like, deep in my belly right now <laughs> um, if our listeners want to get in touch with you is, that, is there a way they can do that oh yeah you can always email me it's caitlin at trainingattention.co.uk training attention is just because I think a lot of this stuff is about where you put your attention affects what you get so that's what we call the company of training attention right. and, you, and you can if you link if you look, at, look me up on LinkedIn I usually come up yeah, and I, I love to talk. And if you've got projects and ideas, um, and I'm, I really, I really like to bat ideas around. Um, and we go all over the world. We're going to be in Boston near you in a couple of in a couple of months. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you've, if you've got ideas or you want to know how you might be a bit cleaner, then give us a shout. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Caitlin, thank you very much for joining us today. I really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, it's been lovely to talk to you. Thank you for that. Hi, friends. Thanks for listening. And remember, to support this podcast, sign up for my newsletter at kasparowski.com.